baby, you know what that sound means. It's time for The Edge with Terry Waldrop. Terry talks about all the hottest topics in sports every single weekday from 9 to 10 a.m. He's controversial, he's charismatic, and he's the captain of this ship for the next hour. Here's your host, Terry Waldrop. All right, all right, all right. Welcome in Sports Talk 97.7. Terry Waldrop, the edge on a Monday meltdown day. Uh, it's going to be epic this afternoon with Sean Fox. Hopefully we're going to have a little epic this morning. Quick shout-out to uh, to my co-host, Jamie Fox, who's a little under the weather. and uh, I'm not sure it's the Saints loss that got him yesterday, although certainly that did not help. But we're brought to you by Dr. David Weber, North Monroe Animal Hospital, simply the best pet care you're going to get, folks, anywhere in the free world. Go see them when you're 165 North in Monroe, 318-345-4545, Dr. David Weber, North Monroe Animal Hospital. You're welcome to chime in and text us today. You can also call us today because I'm sitting in the Colwell Group 1 Realty Studio office, West Monroe. And so we are available to take your calls and your smart. In a foot, I don't care if it was at the end of the game for the Super Bowl, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter the situation. I have never seen, especially for a professional player, I have never seen as dumb a play as that was uh, to end the Saints game yesterday. That was for a professional football player to know to not know that you just let the guy in that situation, no timeouts. You know, I'm sure hopefully they were told beforehand, hey, let them catch the ball in play. If they catch it inbounds, just let them catch it, tackle them. And lay game. on him. Yeah, the game is over. Well, just hold on to him. You know, the game is over. Even, you know, the way the NFL does it, if they get hit inbounds, but they get hit out of bounds, they still keep the clock running. So where Diggs caught the ball, even if he just lets him catch it and bumps him out of bounds, the clock continues to run because they're hit inbounds and I just it just makes me sick at my stomach to think about it it really does because that's a play that even any high school player with his salt that had been told by their coaches I mean the Saints just took a timeout right before that to set up everything you know they had to have been told two things don't interfere let them catch it and tackle them inbounds those are the only two things you got to know. Well, you and, know, on every play, pretty much in every sport, there's multiple mistakes made. That one was just magnified on that stage. Um, you know, certainly if it – I guess the thing that surprised me most – and, you know, we could all sit back and sort of Monday, mon, Monday morning quarterback the deal and, uh, you know, he knows to do that. In, in, the, in the flow of that game, in the, in the moment of that game, uh, you know, people make mistakes, and certainly that was uh, – Arguably the most egregious mistake in Saints history. Would you? Would, is that a fair statement, Mark? It's almost in football history. I mean, that ranks along with Leon Lett and, uh, you know, going way back, Gary Premier trying to miss, kick the ball and then miss it and then pick it up and try and throw it. And, and, and it the difference was Garrow flops, flops out of his hand and a, and a uh, you know, defensive back runs it back for a touchdown, the Redskins. Yeah, Gerald, your premiums Dolphins won in the Super right. Bowl, and Leon Letts Cowboys won. Right, <laughs> there's that's, the difference. That's the biggest difference. But oh wow, it was. Uh, there were two play. There were two things yesterday, and Terry, you understand this because of your background. There always seems to be uh, players and coaches, both, who are what I call Teflon. If they have 
gotten a championship at some point in their career. It seems like that moniker that can go before their name, like a Hall of Famer. You know, they'll say, like, Joe Buck always says, oh, I'm sitting next to the Hall of Famer, uh, you know, Troy Aikman. Uh, if somebody, you can say, you know, World Series champion John Smith or Super Bowl champion coach so-and-so. Yesterday, too, one of the other dumbest things I've ever seen, and it seems like Mike Tomlin from the Steelers is one of those Teflon guys. Nothing ever seems to stick to him. He makes a lot of really bonehead decisions during games, not just in this game yesterday, but as a general rule. And n n the criticism just never seems to stick to him. I don't know why. Again, I think, you know, possibly because he's had success and won a Super Bowl and the Steelers are always good. But his decision yesterday to not kick the ball deep and try an onside kick and allow them uh, to get good field position, to the Jags to get good field position and only gain about 10 or 15 yards and get a field goal and not kick it deep in that situation and then how he mishandled the clock before the two-minute warning and cost basically cost them a, a couple of downs and a possession. Uh, that was one of the dumbest coaching mistakes that I've seen in a long, long time in a big-time game like that. And, again, he just seems to kind of be skating by just because it's the Steelers and he's won a Super Bowl. But to me, that was almost as bad as uh, as the same not quite but from a coaching standpoint it was as bonehead a decision as i've seen yeah uh you know some bizarre things that came out of that when the jaguars put up 45 points yesterday yeah it it, it equaled the most ever points ever given up by the steelers uh and that was actually to uh to dan marino back i think in 84 uh i think roethlisberger's the first guy to throw for five touchdowns and lose in the postseason. Oh, yeah. So, you know, just some bizarre things going on. I watched the early part of that game, and, you know, Jacksonville and Leonard Fournette was just, were running all over uh, the Steelers. Uh, you know, as people got into the flow of the game, it became a highly competitive game. But to your point, I think you're you're well-versed in saying that Mike Tomlin does uh, – there, there are certain coaches uh, that fly above the radar in, in a lot of senses. That, uh, you know, there's frustration there with the fans. You're, you're at home. You, you have the game with the opportunity to win the game. You're not able to do that. But, again, it's a very fluid situation. Uh, it's a situation that, you know, you got all off season to think about what went wrong. And, you know, I, and I think I was listening to Nick White coming in when he was talking with Aaron and Jake. And, you know, everybody talks about windows of opportunity. You know, this, this, this window we got an opportunity to win etc. You never know when you're going to get back. If we'd have polled even the most optimistic Saints fan prior to the season, um, if we said, look, you're going you're gonna to have a lead in, the, NCAA, in uh, the, um, the NFL divisional game on the road uh, and be up, you know, a point with a chance to go to the, to the championship game, would you take that? And, and back in September, absolutely. October, absolutely. But you got to give Sean Payton, you got to give Loomis, you got to give the guys that are so criticized credit, because the state, the Saints stayed with the um, with the course, and they were rewarded with a with an incredibly rewarding season. It ends in bitter disappointment, 
But I would argue uh, out of the 32 teams in the NFL, there weren't that many playing yesterday. That's and right. So the Saints being one of them, uh, it's, it's extremely unfortunate. I watched the last play and it just, uh, you know, what, what do you say about that? Yeah, I mean, there's it's a situation where, the, the, yeah. yeah, the kid has to, you, you got to wrap up, you got to at least get a buck. But not only does he whiff on the on the hit, but he takes out the other uh, Saints defensive yeah, player. He takes out his teammate to where nobody can get them. I mean, the you know, and everybody that and the kid from the Vikings made a nice kid. Wasn't a spectacular catch? No, it was just the ball was high. He, he just jumped up and, and caught it. Yeah, and the 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 guy pinballed the other guy, and he did. He walks into the end zone. Um, I dare say that um, that that Jamie Foxx could have walked into the end zone after that one. There's nobody even close, and just one of those miracle finishes. Uh, the Vikings extract a little bit of revenge, Mark. Uh, the Vikings still bitter over. Uh, when the Saints did win the Super Bowl with the, the Vikings fans, and I've got some good friends of mine that that I work with uh, each summer in Hawaii, they're they're from that area. They're still bitter over the uh, the Saints uh, lost then when uh, when uh, Favre was intercepted. So, you know, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, I'm pulling for the Vikings to win the whole thing, uh, even though Philadelphia has Doug Peterson, who I'm a big fan of, uh, the Vikings' long-suffering fan base. Uh, arguably longer suffering than the Saints. The Saints have the Super Bowl win. The Vikings never have. They've been there, but sort of like the Buffalo Bills, they've never been able to cash the check. And so, you know, maybe uh, if you're if you're a Vikings fan or a Vikings team member right now, Mark, are you starting to think you have to be a team of destiny? Um, yeah, maybe. I mean, it's their first game. You know, they didn't play a first-round game, obviously. Um Philly is just so bad right now on offense that uh, I think Minnesota, I think Minnesota can win this game simply because their defense already can shut down a good offense, which is proof of of what happened with the Saints yesterday in the first half. Drew Brees was unbelievable in the second half, as was Michael Thomas and Kamara. Uh, they finally found they made some. I thought made I thought the Saints made some great adjustments at halftime on the offensive side. And once they were able to go out there and stay on the field for a little while uh, and put a couple of drives together, it gave the defense a chance to rest. And so they were also renewed in the second half because they were a little more rested than staying on the field as long as they did in the first half. So uh, the Saints, I give all the, the coaches all the credit for the adjustments that they made at halftime. But with the with that with the Minnesota Philly game, um, Philly is just a dumpster fire on offense, and with the Minnesota defense the way it is, I can see Minnesota winning a game fourteen to three. It's going to be cold probably again and windy up in Philadelphia next weekend, so I can see that being an extremely low scoring game, just like the Falcons Eagles was on Saturday. Uh, with Minnesota coming out on top. But I don't see Minnesota being able, uh, if the Patriots, I'm expecting the Patriots to win, I don't see Minnesota being able to shut down uh, the Patriots. Yeah, uh, the Patriots are the gold standard, and here they go again with a, a work. You know, they trail 7 nothing in the first quarter. Uh, against the Titans, but uh, they just methodically, they're sort of like the old Iceman from Top Gun. They just, no emotion, they just play. And uh, I, I don't think it's a very good Patriots team, to be honest with you. The, no, they're the not near as side. good as last year. You think? 
they're not as good as last. Yeah, week. and I was going to say the, uh, the the defensive side of the ball for the Patriots is is anything but impressive. And so it should be interesting to see. Uh, I, you know, I was looking forward, and I think a lot of people were, with a Pittsburgh-New England rematch. But uh, now you're going to get the uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, rolling in to Foxborough. So I guess right now the people in Florida, they're, they're getting some cold-weather gear because uh, it's going to be a, another cold one for the Jags, who proved they can go on the road and win in the elements. Can they do it twice? That will be the question. NFL Talk, you're texted more. You're listening to The Edge. Sports Talk 97.7, Terry Waldrop, and special guest Mark Kramer in the house this morning. This segment brought to you by our friend Mr. Bobby Manning, attorney at law, tremendous North Louisiana attorney and diehard Saints fan. Uh, give Bobby a call today, 318-324-1411, 318-324-1411. Bobby Manning, attorney at law for all of your needs, criminal defense, personal injury, wrongful death, whatever you need, Bobby is there for you. Don't delay. Call him today. Back in a minute. If you could talk to your animal when they say... They're telling you to take me to North Monroe Animal Hospital. Listen closely and you'll hear what Dr. David Weber hears. That's a thank you for taking me to North Monroe Animal Hospital. For your animal's health care, call Dr. David Weber at North Monroe Animal Hospital. 345-4545. No animal too small or too large. Well, you better call Dr. Weber first on that one. 345-4545. It was a tough time. I didn't know what to do. You gave me hope. You fought for me. You treated me like family. Now we say thanks. It's good to know we can count on Bobby. I'm attorney Bobby Manning. If you've been involved in an accident, don't delay. Call me today. Attorney Bobby Manning, office in Monroe. Call 324-1411. Special Olympics of Northeast Louisiana provides athletic competition and year-round sport training for children and adults with intellectual disabilities. It gives them the opportunity to develop fitness, demonstrate courage, and experience the joy of competing. For more information, go to www.laso.org or call 1-800-345-6644. Washtenaw Valley, making good things happen. You want a credit union that works as hard as you do. You want the very best people looking out for you. Washtenaw Valley, making good things happen. Hi, I'm Greg Tilly in Bossier City. We have a huge selection of modular homes, lighted, decorated, and air-conditioned for your shopping comfort. For 40 years now, Greg Tilly's has been saving you thousands. Visit our photo gallery at Tilly'sModular.com or see us today at Greg Tilly's in Bossier City. How does it feel? You're officially living on the edge. Hit Terry Waldrop up at 888-993-7762 and let him know. It's The Edge with Terry Waldrop. Hey, welcome back in. Sports Talk 97.7. Terry Waldrop, uh, our special. You're not even a guest, Kramer. I can't say you're a guest. 
You're, you're like a, uh, a regular like, that doesn't come on as much as I need you to. How about is, is that fair? That's fair. I, that's right, fair. Yeah, you're not you're not a guest, but for right now you are for at least another segment or two. Appreciate you uh, you pinching for Jamie Fox again. You're three times the man he is. Um, I, if he's listening, maybe uh, that smiled and uh, he's in a little bit better mood. But we do wish Jamie uh, a speedy recovery off a uh, a nasty. Uh, virus that uh, that he's dealing with and i won't go any further than that hey but i, I want to get off football for just a second and get your reaction to this because you don't know what i'm going to say so it'll be kind of funny okay um the french soccer federation and yes i'm talking soccer for just a moment so hang in there with me because i'm not going to break down the john Euro tabor just or, perked up here in the studio oh no t- yeah you yeah, mentioned tabor. the word soccer yeah uh the french soccer Federation, and, and you know, I will tell you this. The, here's the the prelude to this little uh, this little story. If soccer did more things like this, I would probably more be more inclined to watch it. Who am I kidding? I'm not going to watch it, but I might be. At least I'd watch the highlights. But the French Soccer Federation suspended one of their referees the other day until further notice. After the official, after the the referee kicked intentionally a player during a match. I love it. The referee kicked all- a player. The referee kicked a player. I mean, look, it's just, they show him just running down the field, and he just boots the player. It was great. They, the player kind of kind of runs into the official. The official falls down. The official gets up, chases the player down, and uh, kicks him. It was awesome. Uh, if, if soccer did more stuff like that, I'm in. Yeah, that sounds good. Let your yeah. <laughs> The players I'm are in. suspended all the time in all three sports for bumping referees. Yeah. Why not let them bump back? No, this guy trips him, him, runs him oh, down, and trips, trips him. him. Now, no word on whether uh, the Saints are going to try to sign the uh, the referee or not, but uh, I think negotiations are ongoing. Too too early for that. Too early for that. Too early for that. Uh, how about our, our guy from Jacksonville? You know, the Jacksonville has some, uh, certainly, some, Monroe has all sorts of connections, um, you know, in these championship games next weekend uh, from Leonard Fournette. From Cam Robinson with uh, with Jacksonville, and Fournette obviously doesn't have a Monroe connection, although he was a freshman and they played Washita High School. He came up to Monroe and uh, as a freshman running back uh, and, and competed against the Lions. But certainly, uh, other gentleman has uh, has Monroe West Monroe connections. You have Doug Peterson that's coaching uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. So a lot of Louisiana, specifically North Louisiana, connections into the championship game. However, it was an interesting deal because, you know, anytime you put a mic in front of somebody's face, including ours, uh, Coach Kramer, uh, people <laughs> say interesting things. But uh, it's always a cornerback. Jacksonville Jaguars cornerback Jalen Ramsey yesterday guaranteed the franchise would win its first Super Bowl just after the 45-42 upset of Pittsburgh. Uh, <laughs> He, uh, he said, look, I ain't got much to say, but make sure you bring all the energy next week and the week after. We're going to the Super Bowl, and we're going to win that expletive deleted. And then he repeats, uh, we're going to win that expletive deleted in case you missed the first expletive deleted sentence. And so uh, they're coming out against uh, the Patriots. Patriots nine-point favorites. Uh, if the Jags complete another upset. They'd have a week off, and the Super Bowl set for February 4th. Uh, Mark, this reminds me a little bit of a drunk Joe Willie Namath back in the day <laughs> but who he guaranteed <laughs> that uh, the Baltimore Colts 
would knock off. Or I'm sorry, the New York Jets would knock off the uh, the Baltimore Colts. Can, can we say the Colts, even for a couple years back in the day with Johnny Unitas, were they were the New England Patriots of that era? Oh yeah, with a, yeah, between them doubt. and Green Bay. Yeah, without a doubt, because they had a really good, uh, they had a great defense as well. Uh, they had a good running game, and with Johnny Unitas and the defense that they had, um, they were a real power from the mid '60s uh, all the way up for probably five to six years. Yeah, it was, uh, and Joe Willie Namath, you know, and they, and, and the, that was a big hero of mine when I was a kid. I read all his books and everything. And he had one of the best later. arms I've ever seen and a quarterback in professional football. And the he, worst knees. Yeah, the worst knees, but he could throw the ball. The way he threw the ball, he came back, put his hand right by his helmet like they used to teach quarterbacks, and he could throw the ball just off the, off the ground a good 40 yards. Uh, he had uh, his his uh, passes were just unbelievable. Well, you know, I, I remember watching him and Bradshaw throw the ball, and both those guys had. Yeah, cameras. Bradshaw was the same way. But uh, you know, you're, you're talking about guys, that, and everything at that point was all outside. You're talking about the Northeast uh, part of the country, bad weather, wind, snow, rain, etc. Uh, big hands helped to hold the football, but you know, there's a difference between a quarterback in the Northeast part that plays outside in a quarterback playing in a dome um, that, uh, you know, in the southern part of the western part of the country. So There is a big difference. The, yeah, I mean, you look at the guys in the in the east from um, Roethlisberger, uh, Flacco, big, strong, incredibly strong arm guys throwing the football. And nobody else really wins uh, consistently. Uh, and I think that's been part of the Jets' problem. But to, your uh, and po- even the- to your point, Terry – uh, the game between Philly and Atlanta was a good example. The only touchdown in the ball game, uh, well, there were two, but the one for Atlanta was a short field after a turnover by Philadelphia on special teams. Uh, so that's where they got theirs. Everything else except for the uh, the one semi-drive that Philadelphia had, everything else was field goals. Uh, and if you watched – I know Nick Foles isn't terrific, but somebody like Matt Ryan, who's been an MVP of the league, uh, you watched how they struggled trying to throw the ball more than 10 or 15 yards down the field because it was so windy there that uh, the ball was being moved around and floated. Uh, You've got to know how to throw the ball with the wind and into the wind because it's different. Your release has to be different. Uh, What the wind does to the ball is different. And it's very, very difficult to be accurate in those kinds of conditions. And even during the warm time of the NFL season, a lot of the places, because of where they're located, Cleveland comes to mind, Buffalo comes to mind, uh, even Chicago uh, at Soldier Field comes to mind, uh, the wind is blowing during the summer in those areas as well because they're located on the Great Lakes. And so it's not something that is just for them, to your point again, it's not just something that they deal with uh, during cold weather. I remember uh, probably four or five years ago, uh, the Saints played the Giants up in the Meadowlands, and it was, I don't know, in October. It wasn't terribly cold or anything, but it was super windy. And uh, Drew Brees suffered mightily uh, in that wind. Uh, up in the Meadowlands, uh, even during a warm weather game. So it does make a difference 
on quarterback performance when you play in that part of the country, not indoors. Yeah, and that's going to be, uh, you know, and Bortles for Jacksonville, much criticized all year. This guy's led him to And two, rightfully so. And, and rightfully so. He was bad. But, you know, you're, you're usually remembered for what you've done lately. I mean, right. if they go in there and knock off New England, they're going to be trying to figure out where to put a statue to the guy. Yeah, you're right. Uh, I mean, he's making plays in the end. And, you know, Matt Ryan, and, and it's funny because media people, fans, et cetera, we want to believe so strongly that the guy we have is the next real deal. Uh, if you remember Atlanta fans last year, Matt Ryan literally was, and he had an incredible year, right? Matt Ryan had an amazing year for the Atlanta Falcons, uh, arguably the best quarterback, Sands Brady, in the NFL. And, and I think Atlanta fans are, are getting ready. You know, they're trying to go back to the Super Bowl. They're going to win it for the next 10 years in a row, you know, much like Seattle thought that they would, et cetera. But everybody's wanting to be the next big deal, and it just makes you appreciate more the people that get there every single year. It's just it's it's uncanny what Tom Brady, uh, even Roethlisberger, has has been able to to produce year after year after year. And now you see the upstart sort of in the game. Uh, you got what you got the Bortles versus. Uh, <laughs> I don't know who is it. Foles in Philadelphia now. Is that going to be the, that? That's a quarterback, right? You have three of three or four teams left have never won a Super Bowl. And what three or four teams left have a backup starting for them? That's right. Except for well, Bortles well, isn't. Bortles, but, yeah, boy, yeah, but yeah, uh, you know that was his first. Uh, you know he's now won. He has, the first game was his first playoff game uh, of his career. But the other game, the uh, the Philly and. Minnesota game, you've got two backup quarterbacks playing in that one. The Patriots are the only team left that has won a Super Bowl. Well, uh, let me ask you this. If uh, if we have a Philadelphia or a Minnesota Super Bowl champion, are we off to something in 2018? Is it the year of the backup quarterback? Because certainly in the national championship game with Tua in Alabama, it was the year of the backup. Uh, is this a trend we're going to see uh, continuing in his do people going forward, Mark, if you're an NFL executive or the owner of a team or what have you, do you pay much more money now for backup quarterbacks? Because you, one of these two teams is going to go to the Super Bowl with a backup. If you, you know, have, one of the two, uh, I'm sorry, yeah. go ahead. No, I mean, one of these two teams is going to go. And, you know, it used to be back in the day that, you know, if your starting quarterback went out, uh, you're done. I mean, just, you know, get ready for next season and, you know, try to load up on the draft and, you know, sign your free agents or whatever. Now you're seeing a resurgence with the backup quarterbacks, and you're still able to win. Maybe Garoppolo, when he was uh, in New England, when when Brady was out for ball deflation, uh, sort of started that trend. And uh, is that something you're seeing more now? Uh, I think on a few selected teams. I think there's a, a few franchises that have forward thinking enough. I mean, let's realize that that Case Keenum has been with, uh, I believe, with Houston twice. He's been with the same team twice two different teams he was with I believe he was with the Houston then went to the Rams then went back to Houston and then back to the Rams so he's been with those two teams twice before he went to Minnesota so uh, it's not like uh, I mean he did get some starts because of injury with those other teams but with limited success I think it just shows you that a defense uh, a high class um, elite defense and a good core of receivers 
can make a mediocre quarterback look really good because right now, you know, Nick Foles has not been a world beater for Philadelphia, but their defense has won these playoff games uh, since uh, Carson Wentz went out. So I think it's a lot easier when these guys don't have to do it totally from the quarterback position. You surround them with some, some players and uh, a defense. And that's what, to me, what has been the most amazing about the Patriots' run for the last decade. And that is that they've always had a lot of moving parts. Tom Brady's never had a huge core of really great receivers around him or running back for that matter. Could you imagine Tom Brady with the receivers that Roethlisberger has in Pittsburgh? Uh, be, something be unbelievable. We'll come back. I want to compare and contrast a couple things. It'll be interesting. Uh, you going to be able to stick around for the third segment? Uh, about 10 more minutes. About 10 more minutes. We'll take what we can get. You're listening to Sports Talk 97.7. Terry Walter, Mark Kramer, Tabor running the board. This segment brought to you by our friends at Spotavelle. you got Valentine's Day coming up, or even for that special Saints fan that is uh, in dark depression today, go by Spotavelle. Get them a gift certificate. They will feel better. Uh, you will, too. 318-807-1060. Spotavelle in Monroe. Back on Memento La Edge. The new year is here, so let's start something new at Brennan Dodge in Ruston. Starting this year, any new or used purchase from Brennan Dodge will come with oil changes free for life. That's right, your new or used car from Brennan Dodge will come with free oil changes for as long as you own your car. Just our way of saying thank you for the many years of support this community has shown us. And the all-new Jeep Wrangler is just a few weeks away, so don't miss a chance to test drive the legendary Jeep Wrangler. Let's start something new this year at Brennan Dodge in Ruston. Your vehicle is clean, spark clean in four minutes, we'll show you how. Get it clean as can be, yeah baby, right now. Come on down, you will see. A great wash. Green vacuums. Cool technology. Rocket fast car wash. Rocket fast. It's a blast. And your vehicle is clean. Now with six locations from Monroe to our newest on Mansfield Road in Shreveport. I've been with Rick Green's Rapid Lube and Wash since 1994 because I really enjoy my job. I like my job. I like my customers. Michael Moore likes his job, likes his customers at Rick Green's Rapid Lube and Wash in West Monroe. We have some really good customers. Uh, a lot of our customers have turned out to be pretty good friends of ours. I've seen a lot of our customers' children from the time they were born to the time they started driving. We have taken care of a lot of our customers' cars, their children's, and their grandchildren's cars. One of the biggest compliments I've gotten is having a customer call me and tell me what a great job our team did. Matt Talbert, General Manager for Rick Breen's Rapid Lube and Wash. Our managers and technicians will not just sell you a service that you don't need. Every service we offer is based off a recommendation from the manufacturer based on your driving conditions. Rick Breen's Rapid Lube and Wash, trusted since 1985 with any make, any model in Monroe, West Monroe, Ruston, and Rick Breen's are you due? Peace of mind goes a long way when you have the number one rated gun safe, a Liberty gun safe from McKinney Honda. Here's Richie McKinney. We now have over 100 gun safes in stock in 20 different models that range from 12 to 64 gun capacity. They're all fireproof, USA made, and have a lifetime warranty. And prices start at just $399. 12 months, same as cash financing, and delivery is available. For when the unexpected happens, McKinney's has you covered with a Liberty Gun Safe, your outdoor superstore, Rustin. Yeah, we're living on the edge. 
Living on the Edge makes weekdays more fun, especially when you're doing it with Terry Waldrop. And welcome back to Sports Talk 97.7. Terry Waldrop, uh, the man, Mark Kramer, with us here on a message meltdown, uh, the prelude to the sports company at three. Uh, if we can get Sean out of group therapy by then, uh, he'll be good. I'll be on at four, so maybe uh, the carnage maybe the him. carnage will be over by the time I get in at four. Uh, and, you know, there are so many people out there that are just so – such diehard, and I guess that's what you appreciate about appreciate about sports more than anything else, Mark. There's so many people that are just so adamantly supportive uh, of whatever team that they're pulling for. Certainly in this part uh, of the of the country, the Saints. Uh, between the Saints and LSU, I don't know. If there's a more fervent fan base in the country, uh, delusional as we all may be at some point, like all fan bases. But uh, a question for you. Uh, speaking of delusional fan bases, the Alabama Crimson Tide, and yes, Crimson Tide fans, at some point that party is going to come to an end. Might not be anytime soon, but at some point. Um, Alabama is going to hire its third offensive coordinator in two years. Um, the much... Uh, much maligned, admired, despised, throw in a couple of adjectives. Lane Kiffin unceremoniously dumped last year after the national semifinal game in which the uh, offense was lackluster. Uh, went to Florida Atlantic. Uh, inject the former USC coach into the lineup for the national championship game. Steve Sarkeesian. He bails to go to Atlanta after one game. And then this year, uh, they hired the offensive coordinator from the Patriots, Brian Dabble. He, uh, Jamie, I mean, uh, Mark, I'm sorry. He takes. <laughs> Didn't come on here to job. be insulted. No, he takes the teasing. offensive coordinator's job in Buffalo. You were the offensive coordinator, right, for the Patriots? I'm sorry, he was the tight ends coach for the Patriots. So he, he bumps up to the offensive coordinator for the Buffalo bills instead of going back to college uh thoughts uh you know you never know what the uh you've been on the ins and outs of college hiring and and the such like you'd never know what the background dynamics are when a guy goes either from the nfl back to college or from college up to the nfl you never really know what is going on behind the scenes that lead somebody to make uh, a decision that you kind of look at and go, well, well, why is he doing that? Is that really a, an upward move? Is that more of a lateral move or even a you know, downward move as far as profession is concerned? Now, of course, money plays a lot into it as well. And then you've got that, that dynamic part of it that sometimes can outweigh whether it's a upward move as far as professional is concerned. Yeah, just, you know, I looked at it, I think he was at William & Mary like as a, a graduate assistant or restricted earnings coach. Uh, that terminology goes way back to the 90s for a year. But he's been in the NFL for 17 years. So this guy right. is a is an NFL guy. Right. Uh, obviously, the, the, the money is a, is a factor. But interesting for Alabama is are we starting to see a trend here with is Saban that difficult to work for or are they leaving for greener pastures? 
that would be a question. Is the offensive coordinator for the Atlanta Falcons a greener pasture than Alabama? Yeah, I would say it is. Any of the NFL teams, probably sans uh, Cleveland, would be. But where does Alabama go now to get an offensive coordinator? Are we going to see a, a Bryles? Are we going to see a Hugh Freeze? Are we going to see somebody like that? And, uh, Mark, let me ask you this. Let's say Alabama goes out and they hire Hugh Freeze. What is the uproar from LSU fan going to sound like? Uh, I don't think that's going to happen myself. Uh, I think some of these guys are a little untouchable for a while uh, because of the circumstances uh, leading to their dismissal at their other school. Um, I think the I think your original question is has got a lot of validity to it, and that is, does Nick Saban wear on their his assistant coaches? I mean, all you have to do is look at the uh, film clip of him getting right up in somebody's in the that guy's face during uh, the national championship game, or maybe it was the semifinal game, uh, but he got right up in that and literally was screaming in his face like he was one of the players. You know, because I made the comment when the when that situation actually happened, I'd say, you know, I'd go, I'd go, I don't care who he was, I'd go to him and say, listen, if you're upset with a call that I've made or something, then that's fine, and let me know, but let me know in a uh, respectful, mature manner. Uh, I'm a grown man, and I'm not an 18-year-old kid, and you can't, in front of millions of people, come up and scream in my face whether you're upset with something I've done or not. Handle that in a classy, dignified manner instead of actually making, I thought it made Saban look bad more so than the coordinator, uh, because of the way he handled that, uh, it's just like nobody else's feelings matter. I can yell in anybody's face that I want to because I'm Nick Saban. Is the is the way I read that as a just as a person watching on television. And uh, so I think it may be the fact that he just wears on people because of his abrasiveness with not only players but his staff. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's very Belichick like. Mark, and I appreciate you coming in. I know you got to get out. Thank you, buddy. And uh, certainly appreciate you coming in as always. Look forward to hearing you today at uh, I'll be at on four o'clock on with Sean. Thank you, man. Uh, yeah, make sure Tabor that you hired all the sharp objects in the studio uh, from Sean, and you might want to search him before he comes into the building uh, as he tries to. Die. He is the the most hardcore Saints fan that I know, and uh, yeah. It, it, it's a tough deal if you uh, if you're doing that. But look, going back to Alabama and the offensive coordinator position. I, see, I find that interesting. You know, it's the story within the story, and it seems like he was almost renting the guy, the the Dibo guy, because the the debacle with with Kiffin was bad. Sarkeesian comes in for one game, literally. They lose that on the last play to Deshaun Watson and. Uh, and Clemson, they score a lot of points. Double comes in. They win the national championship in, in dramatic fashion. And, you know, again, you give credit where credit's due on that. And then he's off to the Buffalo Bills. So i got a couple names out here for you. Uh, Mike Loxley, who was uh, the quarterback, um, I think was the quarterback's coach and the co-offensive coordinator. we got a lot of co-stuff these days. 
Uh, I, the, I think that would be a, a, a great pick with the players. I'm not sure that Saban factors into that. How about a couple of other guys? Let me throw some names at you. How about former Saban guy, former Colorado State head coach, Florida, former Florida head coach, Jim McElwain, coming back to the fold. Could McElwain rehab his image under Saban the way Kiffin did? Uh, could be interesting. And after uh, being fly, fired by Florida, I don't know how much of a buyout he got, but it will be a seamless transition because uh, McElwain already knows Saban, knows how to work with and for Saban. So that might be something to look at. Uh, Hugh Freeze. Hiring Hugh Freeze, who beat him, by the way, in 2014 and 15, would be the ultimate power move by uh, by Saban in Alabama. I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, but everybody else said the same thing about Lane Kiffin. Is, is Hugh Freeze more toxic than Lane Kiffin was on the hire? Nobody thought he would hire Lane Kiffin. And so Saban is known for doing stuff. How about this one? And, uh, and, and this one's going to hit home to our Baton Rouge friends. What if he hired Matt Canada? How bizarre would that be? And tell me Saban probably wouldn't look at doing something of the sort. Things didn't work out with him in Orgeron, but that would be the ultimate Saban move in hiring Matt Canada. So a couple of those names out there, those four names out there from uh, Loxley to McElwain, Hugh Freeze in Canada, I think you could pro- likely take Hugh Freeze out of that mix. Uh, early reports uh, today is are that uh, Kevin Sumlin will be the Arizona coach uh, after being ceremoniously dumped at Texas A&M. So that would be a good move for Arizona. Les Miles, I think, was in play a little bit there as well. We come back. I want to talk to you, and this is an interesting topic. Uh, everybody makes a lot about Saban and Belichick. Those guys have a lot in common, but so do their programs. They stand the test of time, and I want to talk emotion versus business because there's a big difference between the two. One lasts, one is short-term. Which side are you on? You listen to Sports Talk 97.7, Terry Walter. The Edge, this segment brought to you by G.B. Cooley, reminding you to support an incredibly worthwhile cause, folks. That is Louisiana Special Olympics. Back in a minute. Brennan Collision Center is now open. This is Steve Brennan. Our new body shop is now open and ready to take care of your repair needs. Our manager, Cheryl Thornhill, is well known in the area, and her team of Paul Wills, Doc, Kevin Murray, and Joellen Simpson have decades of experience and a reputation second to none. We're open Monday through Friday, 8 to 5, and our phone number is 251-4824. We'll get your car repaired quick and to your satisfaction. Give Cheryl a call. Brennan Collision Center, located next to Brennan Dodge on the service road in Ruston. Broken window? Sounds like you need Glassworks of West Monroe. Glassworks specializes in the highest quality residential glass. From insulated glass to protect your home from the worst weather to vinyl replacement windows with a lifetime warranty to custom installed mirrors and shower doors. Glassworks service is unmatched and their price is always competitive. Let them save you money. Glassworks, 800 Jonesboro Road across from the mill in West Monroe. 387 387- 
4747. Are your legs tired and weak? Are you able to walk less than you used to or want to? How about sore, achy feet at the end of the day? These symptoms could be peripheral arterial disease or PAD. When in doubt, please check it out. Call a heart, lung, and vascular clinic location near you today to schedule an appointment. 329-1900. Dr. Borders has clinics in West Monroe, Monroe, and Winsboro and offers outpatient vascular procedures for your care and convenience. Call the Heart, Lung, and Vascular Clinic today, 329-1900. I want to tell you about my friends at North Monroe Animal Hospital. Specializing in all medical and surgical care for small animals and even providing a boarding service. My friend, Dr. David Weber, and his staff are always my choice for my animals. It should be yours as well. Located conveniently at 4300 Sterlington Road, which is 165 North, you can reach out to them at 345-4545. That's 345-4545. Tell them you heard it here on 97.7 North Monroe Animal Clinic, the official animal care provider of Terry Waldrop and the Edge. Washita Valley, making good things happen. You want a credit union that works as hard as you do. You want the very best people looking out for you. Washita Valley, making good things happen. How does it feel? You're officially living on the edge. Hit Terry Waldrop up at 888-993-7762 and let him know. It's The Edge with Terry Waldrop. And welcome back in Sports Talk 97.7. Terry Waldrop, uh, I don't have my, my partner of crime in today, Jamie Fox. He's a little under the weather, so you guys keep him in your thoughts and your prayers. I appreciate Mark Kramer for coming in this morning. It's always, uh, it's always really good. To, uh, to get to spend some time with Kramer. He'll be back on with Sean today at 4 o'clock, so please stay tuned uh, and listen on that. Uh, the last segment here, I wanted to kind of do a little compare-contrast. I used to have teachers uh, way back in the day, uh, and I'll go back to uh, to Arthur Hallbrook at Washita High School. You old guys that went there know what I'm saying. Uh, a lot of compare-contrast questions. And I've always been able to do that, or, or I like doing that with, with different issues. And I want to compare and contrast the Patriots. Uh, and you can throw any other team out there. But the Patriots, and, and whether you like them or not, it really doesn't matter um, because they're a business. And, and business, Walmart doesn't care if you like them, only that you're going to go buy stuff there. And a lot of people are going to buy stuff there. And so you're going to see the Patriots. They, have you ever noticed they never blow anybody out, ever? I mean, the Patriots are never going to beat people by 40 or 50 points. They, they just That's not their style. The Patriots, each year, they're going to have a you know they're going to have a bad game somewhere early mid part of the season. It might be in Miami, uh, you know, it, it, you might go sit and play the Bills or the Jets or somebody. But the next week they're going to correct it, and and you're like, wow. But they fix it. That's what smart people and smart businesses do in life, folks. They evolve, they adapt. And they have rules and regulations that they have to adapt and adjust. But nonetheless, there are rules and regulations. And this is what makes the Patriots a little different than everybody else in the National Football League, the past decade anyway. And remember, there are, uh, was it David Tyree that caught the ball off the top of his helmet? 
when the uh, when the Giants came back and beat them in the Super Bowl, or, or they're like they have one loss in the Super Bowl. I mean, this is the the best team, arguably, or the pro- franchise in the history of of football if you look at the numbers. But look at what the Patriots do. Um, they don't fumble much. You, you ever notice that they they simply don't turn the ball over. Everybody else in the league does that. They don't have many penalties. They're among the least penalized teams year after year after year in the league. A lot of other people, most everybody else in the league, yeah, they got a lot. You don't see the Patriots as a general rule in third and excessively long situations. You know, even uh, you know a long third down is third and nine, third and ten. That that's a, a a very precarious situation. You don't see third and you know thirty four. So you don't see a lot of sacks. You don't see a lot of major penalties that put themselves uh, in bad situations that they do. Don't seemingly have clock management issues. Now, you could attribute a lot of that to Brady. um, But they didn't have clock issues with Jimmy Garoppolo either. Everybody else seems to have a difficult time managing the clock. And I'll throw throw Mike Tomlin and and the Steelers in there yesterday. The really, really big-time plays they have to make, when they're in that moment where it's do or die, they seem to usually make that play. And it's a study. It's, it's a manipulation of the other team. Now, I'm going to contrast that with, with a couple other things, but, but let, me, let me get this first. Um, Seattle, for example, it's a different culture. It's a more of an emotional culture. Um. But here's what New England does. If you take all the great, uh, you take the singers, you take uh, athletes, you take people that are, that are very popular, they're very wealthy, all right? Wealth, uh, you know, you, for example, there's LeBron, and then there's the guy that owns the Cavaliers. There is Tom Brady, and then there's Robert Kraft, who owns the Patriots. Big difference, folks. Big difference. Um, those are billionaires. And billionaires, <clears throat> they're not really interesting for the most part. They're not captivating. They're not entertaining. There's no billionaires out there singing or throwing a football or shooting a basketball. The billionaire people are boring. They're reliable. They're consistent. They're boring. They're dependable. They do the same thing over and over and over again. It's boring. But it's consistent. You know who the billionaires are? They're the peoples that punch in every day. It's, it's the accountants. They, they, they do the same thing, and that system works. It works. That's who the patriots are. They're not capable. They're not beholden to one employee. You take Tom Brady off the patriots, they have been right there. Uh, now you've traded all the backup quarterbacks, so if he gets hurt, yeah, that might change. However, to the point, uh, they're not dependent on, look how many people the Patriots have won with. Look how many people they've gotten rid of. That's a business, and that's the most capable business in the NFL. It's a systematic, uh, it's dependable, it is consistent. Few penalties, don't fumble, don't get emotionally crazy, they adapt constantly, uh, and they're always one step ahead. Uh, this year in the NFL, 
And I just pulled this number up. Number one in first downs, second fewest fumbles lost, second fewest giveaways. Number one in offense with only they, – look, they've got two stars, uh, Brady and Gronkowski. That's it. It's a business operation. And so you compare and contrast that with Pete Carroll in Seattle. And that was going to be the next great dynasty. Pete was great when he came out of USC. The first couple drafts for the uh, Seahawks, incredible. Pete knew the college players, knew the college game. So he had a great advantage. And I think Gruden's going to have that same advantage uh, in Oakland. He knows the college game, but that window is going to be two to three years. And they'll do really well in the draft. And look, after Pete's been there for a couple years, they drop off. He doesn't know the college players. But if you look at Seattle locker room, everything's social issues. Everything's emotion. Uh, you know, you take Jimmy Graham, who is literally, you got to put his face on a milk carton because he's disappeared. Uh, people criticizing Russell Wilson, one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Uh, the defense is old. And so there's a lot of turmoil. Uh, you know, Michael Bennett situations. A lot of turmoil going on with Seattle. Turmoil doesn't win, folks. Boring wins. Turmoil does not win. It never has. Maybe for a little while. Turmoil is not consistent. Two ways you manage things. And, I, and I've had this conversation with several people. Um, there's two ways you manage stuff. And Richie says Canada would av avoid sideline confrontation considering the fact he coaches for the press box. Yeah, he'd coach uh, wherever Kevin tells him to. Um Two ways that you manage things. It, it could be at your house. It could be your family. It could be your business, your, your team, whatever it is. There's two ways you manage things, and, and only two ways. There is crisis management, and there's strategic planning. That, that's the only two ways that, that things get managed literally anywhere in the world. Strategic planning is you're sitting down and you're mapping out not only this week, next week, but next month, next year, 10 years from now. Here's where we want to be. Here's how we're going to get there. Uh, I had a professor of mine that I'm very, very fond of. Uh, used to make a statement, hey, if you don't know where you're going, any road will take you there. And there's a lot of businesses, a lot of programs uh, that operate, uh, or not a lot, not as many as you would think, on strategic, plan, uh, strategic management. You plan, you plan your plan, you execute your plan. I think that's what the Patriots do um, largely. Then there's crisis management. Crisis management, the analogy there is that, uh, yeah, you're the Titanic and you just hit an iceberg. What can I do today to make sure the boat doesn't sink? Uh, there's a lot of other icebergs. I, I can't worry about that. i got to worry about the iceberg that I have today. Never mind, you're getting ready to sail into a cliff. And so that's the two ways you manage stuff. Which one do you think? For example, LSU is using right now. Which one do you think Alabama is using right now? Which one do you think Texas A&M is employing with Jimbo Fisher? Jim Harbaugh came in at Michigan with strategic planning. Is he opting for a little bit more crisis management right now? Because the uh, the Minnesota fans, or I'm sorry, the Michigan fans, not as happy. And so. Those are the ways you do it, but it's it's the compare and contrast of different organizations in the same industry. Why does Walmart work and other companies that started the same way didn't? CenturyLink. Century started the Century Telephone, Marion, Louisiana. Why has that worked 
and a plethora of other very similar and, 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 and candidly much larger operations have failed. Strategic planning, crisis management. It works in your family. It works at your business. It works at your school. Uh, you know, if you're, the, if you're the guy working at Wendy's, it works there too. Interesting points today. Been uh, been a fun day. I'm sorry I didn't get to all of your text. Um, <laughs> Richie said Canada would avoid sideline. Pete Carroll, since the end was near, when he found himself recruiting coordinators more than players, ten years of success. Everyone wants you guys to coach. Pete said hi. Uh, Scorched Earth policy with Saban. Sorry, this all these uh, text messages this come up. Uh, uh, my apologies for not getting them. I'll try to get to those tomorrow. Thank you for listening today to the Edge and our sponsors. G.B. Cooley, reminding you to support a worthwhile cause, Louisiana Special Olympics. Powerworks, gourmet pizza by design. Folks, go see them on Tower Drive next to Nukes in Monroe. Mr. Bobby Manning, attorney at law. Uh, the Washtenaw Valley Federal Credit Union hotline and text line. Our friends at Spa Nivelle, friends at Vantage. And the man, the myth, the legend, Dr. David Weber, North Monroe Animal Hospital. Simply the best pet care you're going to get anywhere, folks, in the free world. Go see them on US 165 North in Monroe, 318-345-4545. Tell them you heard about it on The Edge and Sports Talk 97.7. For John Tabor, I am Terry Walter. Make sure you have a great day. and Stay tuned for the Sports Company with Sean Fox at 3 o'clock. Until tomorrow, folks, aloha. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to The Edge with Terry Waldrop. No matter what the topic, Terry will take it all. He's not scared and